Section five of the City of the Sun by Tommaso Campanella. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Grand Master, tell me now, I pray you, of their military affairs. Then you may explain their arts, ways of life and sciences, and lastly their religion. Captain, the triumvir power has under him all the magistrates of arms, of artillery, of cavalry, of foot-soldiers, of architects, and of strategists, and the masters, and many of the most excellent workmen, obey the magistrates, the men of each art, paying allegiance to their respective chiefs. Moreover, power is at the head of all the professors of gymnastics, who teach military exercise, and who are prudent generals advanced in age. By these, the boys are trained after the twelfth year. Before this age, however, they have been accustomed to wrestling, running, throwing the weight, and other minor exercises, under inferior masters. But at twelve they are taught how to strike at the enemy, at horses and elephants, to handle the spear, the sword, the arrow, and the sling, to manage the horse, to advance and to retreat, to remain in order of battle, to help a comrade in arms, to anticipate the enemy by cunning, and to conquer. The women are also taught these arts under their own magistrates and mistresses, so that they may be able, if need be, to render assistance to the males in battles near the city. They are taught to watch the fortifications, lest at some time a hasty attack should suddenly be made. In this respect they praise the Spartans and Amazons. The women know well also how to let fly fiery balls, and how to make them from lead how to throw stones from pinnacles, and to go in the way of an attack. They are accustomed also to give up wine unmixed altogether, and that one is punished most severely who shows any fear. The inhabitants of the city of the sun do not fear death, because they all believe that the soul is immortal, and that when it has left the body it is associated with other spirits, wicked or good, according to the merits of this present life although they are partly followers of Brahma and Pythagoras. They do not believe in the transmigration of souls, except in some cases by a distinct decree of God. They do not abstain from injuring an enemy of the Republic and of religion, who is unworthy of pity. During the second month the army is reviewed, and every day there is practice of arms, either in the cavalry plain or within the walls, nor are they ever without lectures on the science of war. They take care that the accounts of Moses, of Joshua, of David, of Judas Maccabeus, of Caesar, of Alexander, of Scipio, of Hannibal, and other great soldiers should be read. And then each one gives his own opinion as to whether these generals acted well or ill, usefully or honorably, and then the teacher answers and says who are right. Grandmaster with whom do they wage war, and for what reasons, since they are so prosperous? Captain, wars might never occur, nevertheless they are exercised in military tactics and in hunting, lest perchance they should become effeminate and unprepared for any emergency. Besides, there are four kingdoms in the island, which are very envious of their prosperity, for this reason that the people desire to live after the manner of the inhabitants of the city of the sun, and to be under the rule rather than that of their own kings. Wherefore the state often makes war upon these, because, being neighbours, they are usurpers, and live impiously, 
since they have not an object of worship and do not observe the religion of other nations or of the brahmins and other nations of india to which formerly they were subject rise up as it were in rebellion as also do the taprabenese whom they wanted to join them at first the warriors of the city of the sun however are always the victors as soon as they suffered from insult or disgrace or plunder or when their allies have been harassed or a people have been oppressed by a tyrant of the state for they are always the advocates of liberty they go immediately to the council for deliberation after they have knelt in the presence of god that he might inspire their consultation they proceed to examine the merits of the business and thus war is decided on immediately after a priest whom they call forensic is sent away he demands from the enemy the restitution of the plunder asks that the allies should be freed from oppression or that the tyrant should be deposed if they deny these things war is declared by invoking the vengeance of god the god of sabaoth for destruction of those who maintain an unjust cause but if the enemy refuse to reply the priest gives him the space of one hour for his answer if he is a king but three if it is a republic so that they cannot escape giving a response and in this manner is war undertaken against the insolent enemies of natural rights and of religion when war has been declared the deputy of power performs everything but power like the roman dictator plans and wills everything so that hurtful tardiness may be avoided and when anything of great moment arises he consults hoch and wisdom and love before this however the occasion of war and the justice of making an expedition are declared by a herald in the great council all from twenty years and upward are admitted to this council and thus the necessaries are agreed upon all kinds of weapons stand in the armories and these they use often in sham fights the exterior walls of each ring are full of guns prepared by their labours and they have other engines for hurling which are called cannons in which they take into battle upon mules and asses and carriages when they have arrived in an open plain they enclose in the middle of the provisions engines of war chariots ladders and machines and all fight courageously then each one returns to the standards and the enemy thinking that they are giving and preparing to flee are deceived and relax their order when the warriors of the city of the sun wheeling into wings and columns on each side regain their breath and strength and ordering the artillery to discharge their bullets they resume the fight against a disorganized host and they observe many ruses of this kind they overcome all mortals with their stratagems and engines their camp is fortified after the manner of the romans they pitch their tents and fortify with wall and ditch with wonderful quickness the masters of works of engines and hurling machines stand ready and the soldiers understand the use of the spade and the axe five eight or ten leaders learned in the order of battle and in strategy consult together concerning the business of war and command their bands after consultation it is their wont to take out with them a body of boys armed and on horses so that they may learn to fight just as the whelps of lions and wolves are accustomed to blood and these in time of danger betake themselves to a place of safety along with many armed women after the battle the women and boys soothe and relieve the pain of the warriors and wait upon them and encourage them with embraces and pleasant words 
how wonderful a help is this for the soldiers in order that they may acquit themselves as sturdy men in the eyes of their wives and offspring endure hardships and so love makes them conquerors he who in the fight first scales the enemy's walls receives after the battle of a crown of grass as a token of honour and at the presentation the women and boys applaud loudly that one who affords aid to an ally gets a civic crown of oak leaves he who kills a tyrant dedicates his arms in the temple and receives from hoch the cognomen of his deed and other warriors obtain other kinds of crowns every horse soldier carries a spear and two strongly tempered pistols narrow at the mouth hanging from his saddle and to get the barrels of their pistols narrow they pierce the metal which they intend to convert into arms further every cavalry soldier has a sword and a dagger but the rest who form the light-armed troops carry a metal cudgel for if the foe cannot pierce their metal for pistols and cannot make swords they attack him with clubs shatter and overthrow him two chains of six spans length hang from the club and at the end of these are iron balls and when these are aimed at the enemy they surround his neck and drag him to the ground and in order that they may be able to use the club more easily they do not hold the reins with their hands but use them by means of the feet if perchance the reins are interchanged above the trappings of the saddle the ends are fastened to the stirrups with buckles and not to the feet and the stirrups have an arrangement for swift movement of the bridle so that they draw in or let out the rein with marvellous celerity with the right foot they turn the horse to the left and with the left to the right this secret moreover is not known to the tartars for although they govern the reins with their feet they are ignorant nevertheless of turning them and drawing them in and letting them out by means of the block of the stirrups the light-armed cavalry with them are the first to engage in battle then the men forming the phalanx with their spurs then the archers for whose services a great price is paid and who are accustomed to fight in lines crossing one another as the threads of cloth some rushing forward in their turn and others receding they have a band of lancers strengthening the line of battle but they make trial of the swords only at the end after the battle they celebrate the military triumphs after the manner of the romans and even in a more magnificent way prayers by the way of thank-offerings are made to god and then the general presents himself in the temple and the deeds good and bad are related by the poet or historian who according to custom was with the expedition and the greatest chief hoch crowns the general with laurel and distributes little gifts and honours to all the valorous soldiers who are for some days free from public duties but this exemption from work is by no means pleasing to them since they know not what it is to be at leisure and so they help their companions on the other hand they who have been conquered through their own fault or have lost the victory are blamed and they who were the first to take to flight are in no way worthy to escape death unless when the whole army asks their lives and each one takes upon himself a part of their punishment but this indulgence is rarely granted except when there are good reasons favouring it but he who did not bear help to an ally or friend is beaten with rods that one who did not obey orders is given to the beasts in an enclosure to be devoured and a staff is put in his hand and if he should conquer the lions and the bears that are there 
which is almost impossible, he is received into favor again. The conquered states, or those willingly delivered up to them, forthwith have all things in common, and receive a garrison and magistrates from the city of the sun, and by degrees they are accustomed to the ways of the city, the mistress of all, to which they even send their sons to be taught without contributing anything for expense. It would be too great trouble to tell you about the spies and their master, and about the guards and laws and ceremonies, both within and without the state, which you can of yourself imagine, since from childhood they are chosen according to their inclination, and the star under which they were born. Therefore each one, working according to his natural propensity, does his duty well and pleasantly, because naturally. The same things I may say concerning strategy and the other functions. There are guards in the city by day and by night, and they are placed at the four gates and outside the walls of the seventh ring, above the breastworks and towers, and inside mounds. These places are guarded in the day by women, in the night by men, unless the guards should become weary of watching, and in case of a surprise, they change them every three hours, as is the custom with our soldiers. At sunset, when the drum and symphonia sound, the armed guards are distributed. Cavalry and infantry make use of hunting as the symbol of war, and practice games and hold festivities in the plains. Then the music strikes up, and freely they pardon the offences and faults of the enemy, and after the victories they are kind to them. If it has been decreed that they should destroy the walls of the enemy's city and take their lives. All these things are done on the same day as the victory, and afterward they never cease to load the conquered with favors, for they say that there ought to be no fighting except when the conquerors give up the conquered, not when they kill them. If there is a dispute among them concerning injury or any other matter, for they themselves scarcely ever contend except in matters of honor, the chief and his magistrates chastise the accused one secretly, if he has done harm in deeds after he has been first angry. If they wait until the time of the battle for the verbal decision, they must give vent to their anger against the enemy, and he who in battle shows the most daring deeds is considered to have defended the better and truer cause in the struggle, and the other yields, and they are punished justly. Nevertheless, they are not allowed to come to single combat, since right is maintained by the tribunal, and because the unjust cause is often apparent when the more just succumbs, and he who professes to be the better man shows this in public fight. Grandmaster, this is worth while, so that factions should not be cherished for the harm of the fatherland, and so that civil wars might not occur, for by means of these a tyrant often arises, as the examples of Rome and Athens show. Now, I pray you, tell me of their works and matter connected therewith. Captain, I believe that you have already heard about their military affairs, and about their agriculture and pastoral life, and in what way these are common to them, and how they honor with the first grade of nobility whoever is considered to have knowledge of these. They who are skillful in more arts than these, they consider still nobler, and they set that one apart for teaching the art in which he is most skillful. The occupations which require the most labor, such as walking in metals and building, are the most praiseworthy among them. No one declines to go to these occupations, for the reason that from the beginning their propensities are well known, and among them, on account of the distribution of labor, no one does work harmful to him, but only that which is necessary for him. The occupations entailing less labor belong to the women. 
all of them are expected to know how to swim and for this reason ponds are dug outside the walls of the city and within them near to the fountains commerce is of little use to them but they know the value of money and they account for the use of their ambassadors and explorers so that with it they may have the means of living they receive merchants into their estates from the different countries of the world and these buy the superfluous goods of the city the people of the city of the sun refuse to take money but in importing they accept in exchange those things of which they are in need and sometimes they buy with money and the young people in the city of the sun are much amused when they see that for a small price they receive so many things in exchange the old men however do not laugh they are unwilling that the state should be corrupted by the vicious customs of slaves and foreigners therefore they do business at the gates and sell those whom they have taken in war or keep them for digging ditches and other hard work without the city and for this reason they always send four bands of soldiers to take care of the fields and with them there are the laborers they go out of the four gates from which roads with walls on both sides of them lead to the sea so that goods might easily be carried over them and foreigners might not meet with difficulty on their way to strangers they are kind and polite they keep them for three days at the public expense after they have first washed their feet they show them their city and its customs and they honour them with a seat at the council and public table and there are men whose duty it is to take care of and guard the guests but if strangers should wish to become citizens of their state they try them first for a month on a farm and for another month in the city then they decide concerning them and admit them with certain ceremonies and oaths agriculture is much followed among them there is not a span of earth without cultivation and they observe the winds and propitious stars with the exception of a few left in the city all go out armed and with flags and drums and trumpets sounding to the fields for the purposes of ploughing sowing digging hoeing reaping gathering fruit and grapes and they set in order everything and do their work in a very few hours and with much care they use wagons fitted with sails which are borne along by the wind even when it is contrary by the marvellous contrivance of wheels within wheels and when there is no wind a beast draws along a huge cart which is a grand sight the gardens of the land move about in the meantime armed and always in their proper turn they do not use dung and filth for manuring the fields thinking that the fruit contracts something of their rottenness and when eaten gives a short and poor substance as women who are beautiful with rouge and from want of exercise bring forth feeble offspring wherefore they do not as it were paint the earth but dig it up well and use secret remedies so that fruit is born quickly and multiplies and is not destroyed they have a book for this work which they call the georgics as much of the land as is necessary is cultivated and the rest is used for the pasturage of cattle the excellent occupation of breeding and rearing horses oxen sheep dogs and all kinds of domestic and tame animals is in the highest esteem among them as it was in the time of abraham and the animals are led so to pair that they may be able to breed well fine pictures of oxen horses sheep and other animals are placed before them they do not turn out horses with mares to feed but at the proper time 
they bring them together in an enclosure of the stables in their fields and this is done when they observe that the constellation archer is in favorable conjunction with mars and jupiter for the oxen they observe the bull for the sheep the ram and so on in accordance with art under the pleiades they keep a drove of hens and ducks and geese which are driven out by the women to feed near the city the women only do this when it is a pleasure to them there are also places enclosed where they make cheese butter and milk food they also keep capons fruit and other things and for all these matters there is a book which they call the bucolics they have an abundance of all things since everyone likes to be industrious their labors being slight and profitable they are docile and that one among them who is head of the rest in duties of this kind they call king for they say that this is the proper name of the leaders and it does not belong to ignorant persons it is wonderful to see how men and women march together collectively and always in obedience to the voice of the king nor do they regard him with loathing as we do for they know that although he is greater than themselves he is for all that their father and brother they keep groves and woods for wild animals and they often hunt the science of navigation is considered very dignified by them and they possess rafts and triremes which go over the water without rowers or the force of the wind but by a marvellous contrivance and other vessels they have which are moved by the winds they have a correct knowledge of the stars and of the ebb and flow of the tide they navigate for the sake of becoming acquainted with nations and different countries and things they injure nobody and they do not put up with injury and they never go to battle unless when provoked they assert that the whole earth will in time come to live in accordance with their customs and consequently they always find out whether there be a nation whose manner of living is better and more approved than the rest they admire the christian institutions and look for a realization of the apostolic life in vogue among themselves and in us there are treaties between them and the chinese and many other nations both insular and continental such as siam and calicut which they are only just able to explore furthermore they have artificial fires battles on sea and land and many strategic secrets therefore they are nearly always victorious End of section 5